Hi, I'm Rory Holland, founder and CEO at Customer. Hi, I'm Dan O'Cog. I'm the brand strategist and brand identity designer at Customer. Welcome to Wealth and Worth, a podcast mini-series that we've developed here at Customer that explores how to elevate your financial or fintech business through effective branding. That's right. We're going to delve deep into the process. We're going to share insights, tips, and some stories from both of our experiences in the world of finance and branding. So here we are, episode one, Bedrock of success, laying the brand foundations. It's a good place to start. It is a good place to start. I like the name, Dan. Okay. Foundation, I think, particularly as we see with companies and it's as brands have proliferated. And I tried to look up how many brands existed in the world 30 years ago. And the now growing chat GPT couldn't tell me. Okay. Well, I just didn't have a figure at all. It's, it said there's just, there's too many variables for it to be able to do it because I looked on the internet and I looked around and I couldn't find what felt like a good number. And I even asked a couple of folks to guess and no one could really venture a guess beyond the fortune 500 fortune 1000. Cause you remember 30 years ago, the internet wasn't around. Um, so it was much different. And with the proliferation of globalization, the internet, the ease with which people could stand up air quotes brand has changed the dynamic so much. And I think in ways, as we talk about a foundation, it is diluted what people, people's understanding of a brand because they pop up so frequently. And even, you know, we're making up names now to try to secure domains or whatever it may be. So I guess the question is, what is a brand? And I want to just contextualize that a little bit for our experience over the last 30 years doing this. I've seen a change in even C-level executives and founders of companies understanding of what a brand is. So what is a foundation when you don't understand what a brand really is? Yeah, I think that's a good, obviously we've started with this as episode one and I like how you're questioning that, that just that notion of what a brand is and I think to build out from what you've just described and how people are beginning to, I think, understand the value of brand um, has changed a lot in the last, certainly in the last 10 years, it's become, you know, a, a part of the business that really will set you out from the crowd and I think it has to do with the amount of noise that's out there and um, being able to cut through it if we have to do that actual written words of what a brand is then I probably or the way I like to explain it um, in terms of you know what it means it's for me it's it's that reputation um, of a business or a person if it's personal brand but mm-hmm. 
the your brand will precede a phone call. Somebody will have built a picture, uh, an idea, whether it's a, a you know a, a compliment or even something negative about how the, 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 that you know the, that business has been perceived by somebody else. So it's word of mouth, it's reputation, it's it's something that it's often not. Um, what most people would presume to be your logo. So let's get, I mean, that's definitely the first fact that I want to make here that your brand is not your logo. <laughs> that's a small part of it. Um, so I, I've gone a bit round the houses there, but I think that that notion of a brand being that reputation is something that I would say that it's the easiest way to grasp that concept. Yeah, my my mother used to tell me, uh, you first impressions matter. So it, it's hard to change that first impression. When I think of the word reputation, it all begins with the first experience. And so I think often with, again, with the proliferation of the internet and then design available in all kinds of different, I'm not going to name any of the companies, but you, you could pay $5 for things and get what is called a design but there's no foundational strategy behind it so it's a one-dimensional i would say a one-dimensional flat identity that has no texture no context no foundation and i think what happens even in our business and when financial or fintech clients are coming to us whether they're early stage have raised a few million dollars and built a product or their, their growth companies. And we're experiencing this today, Dan, like we're doing a couple of branding gigs for, for very, I would say established brands Mm. that have gotten away from moved away from who they were. And so their brands have, in essence, from a visual perspective, the experience that's on the website, the way they write about themselves, the way they communicate has gotten stale and it's, it's off target. So it, it feels disingenuous. So, 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 yeah. yeah. What do you think about that? I think that that's an interesting point because it's certainly, I don't know if it is an age thing with businesses, not people, an age thing that when a business has been around for, you know, anywhere from five year mark is what I find that the, the kind of rest on their laurels is probably the best way to describe it. Or what they start to do is, um, like you just said, they lose sight or track of their original vision or mission. Mm-hmm. And there's two words that both are integral to that brand strategy, the brand foundations, as we're calling them, calling it in this episode, um, that you must explore in order to have that solid grounding to build out from. Yeah. And I, I, part of this, the foundation we're going to talk about in, in a term that comes to mind for me is brands, brands aren't one dimensional. They're three dimensional living things. And so you have to almost move around it to see it from all the different angles because that's what your audience are doing. They're, they're experiencing your brand from a variety of different angles that you are likely not privy to. Mm-hmm. So as a result, you're, 
you're, you may be looking at it the wrong way. Yeah, and I think that's a good point because your notion of having it of, of multi-dimensional is basically the touch points I think you're referring to for any business. And those brand touch points will differ depending on the sector or um, what service that business provides. So in the you know, in an example of a financial brand, um, the, the, the brand's first touch point could be a phone call. It might be that it's an online service, but there's a, a helpline or a, an inquiry line. And so, yes, they'll engage with your website. That'll probably be the first point. But then that second point might actually be an interaction with a, a you know, a, a chat bot or an actual person. I don't know, but they're all dimensions and facets to that brand. Mm-hmm. Indeed. And so let's, let's, uh, let's back this up a little bit. So with that context, Brands are three-dimensional. They're organic. They're living things. They do evolve. So companies that are more established that you may be listening, you have a five-year-old or 10-year-old or 20-year-old business, they do evolve and your brand needs to move with you. And so if you're at that point, this is a, this, this is a good conversation for you to, to be having. If you're an earlier stage company, this is also good because you may be looking at your brand from a one-dimensional perspective or a product only or features only or technical only your audience those are important elements indeed but your Mm -hmm. audience is experiencing your brand your product your services in multiple ways so let's keep that three-dimensional lens on and then now let's let's talk about the very first step so before you can develop a brand Proper market research is required to understand where you fit in the market amongst the competitive set and the choices that your market has. And even if you're blazing a new trail, companies that are doing that and leaders of companies that are doing that, that are listening, you are still competing for for eyeballs and for customers that are choosing something else. So understanding where you fit in the market in the target market that you're going after. And, and I want to dig in with you on those couple of things, Dan, because I think that's a fundamental misstep that businesses miss in trying to speedily move through a one dimensional branding process. And I want to again, go back to this is a three dimensional moving organic living thing. Yeah, and that was a, there's a question down here that we jotted to make sure that we covered it, which was the importance of understanding your audience in financial marketing, which is mm-hmm. why you know we brought this up. It is important. Um, the reason from a from a visual perspective, or even a uh, a, a visual like video or an, a listening to that particular brand, if you don't know who you're communicating to, then how do you know how to communicate to them? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So the the hardest part when it comes to dealing with any brand work is dealing with the clients that say, well, everyone's my client. So, <laughs> We've heard that a few times, right? Yeah. And, and then I think that's probably at the point where you realize they definitely do have a brand problem. Um, because they're just trying to sell to everybody. Um, Until you dig as deep as you can 
into that audience that captive audience that you want to have coming in the door going online whatever it is until you know what makes them tick um who they are how they feel you know there is no way from you know i'm talking as a designer here how can i design something to relate to somebody when it's just anybody (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. indeed well think of again thinking about your brand and the experience think of the people in your life that take the time to get to know you that you have conversation genuine authentic conversations with i mirror those two when we think about brand strategy and building brands for for our financial and fintech clients that you're really building a relationship with your audience what's one of the best ways to build a relationship with your audience is let them know that you care about them and that you know them and what's one way to get to know somebody research look at their background look at their history look at their interests look at their challenges what are they concerned about what keeps them up at night mm-hmm. and this is important rory because i think it leads really nicely into the next point that we wanted to bring up about differentiating yourself mm. and from a brand perspective and so once you know that audience and who you're communicating to that's the gold dust that's the stuff that you can tap into as a marketer as a brander and say right you can sing from the rooftops about this Mm. and that's the differentiating part do you agree oh i wholeheartedly um so just i want to back up for the audience so first we talked about the importance of understanding your audience in financial and fintech marketing critical you might have the sense that you want to sell to everyone and that's that's a wonderful thing if we can help the whole world with your services but defining your target audience is number one number two the power of differentiation in the financial sector so it's 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 muddy i just want to set this up a little bit dan so mm-hmm. it's so competitive and it's so muddy out there and it's noisy so whether you're a business that's looking to buy a software. We think about the term fintech and banks. Think about what banks are trying to go through just to one small, small, mid-sized community banks, regional banks are just trying to survive. So that audience has a different need and desire and pain point they're trying to solve versus a family that's trying to pay the bills and needs to find a better way to do it and say, you know, looking at digital banking with lower fees or more access to, to, to lower interest costs, types, types, those types of things. So understand your audience and then the differentiator. So how do you, how do you describe some of the steps a brand can take and laying that foundation to differentiate in the market? The steps that we put in place i mean you know that the process that 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 we go through um but for anybody listening it starts with talking with founders and the people who um set out on that original vision and mission for that business to do some really detailed groundwork um and and often uncover what what they've forgotten um those kind of long lost goals. Mm. Um, and often when we're doing those sessions, um, Rory, we find that people have this kind of light bulb moment where they suddenly realize 
Oh yeah, I did set out to improve um, the the kind of environmental issues that are happening locally to me. That's a really bad example, but <laughs> they lose track. They can lose track. You know what? Why they set out in business and the starting point is is to to understand that. That's certainly where we start um, because then that opens creatively and strategically a whole host of doors to say okay well you're the only financial business who actually cares about the environment you know mm-hmm. you, you set out to do that you've lost your way yeah well and it, and it happens as, as brands evolve and we're working with one now as a matter of fact if uh, i won't say the name of them right now because we're going through a process with them but they had lost their way during covid um do some due to some of the PPP and payment protections program and mm-hmm. some of the other financial grants that were out there. But long story short, here we are a few years later and they've lost their way a little bit. So we're going to help them get back on track. And <clears throat> so the differentiation in a highly competitive overcrowded market is critical. You have to understand your audience to be able to mm-hmm. speak to them in a meaningful way that's going to attract and engage them. And it's just important that that differentiation helps set you up for success to own a portion of the market. And so that that brings me kind of to this next point that we wanted to cover. And it's it's all about the brand promise. Can you unpack yeah, that a before, little bit? Yeah, two seconds. Before we go into promise, I actually wanted to add on to um, what you were just saying there, that sometimes with a business, with a brand, although we're saying to, I've just been talking about the context of when they lose track of their original vision and mission. Sometimes, and you'll have experienced this, a a business's vision can change. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it's not necessarily what they set out, but they can find themselves in a different direction. And, And again, that's where brand and revisiting it will help you to document and bring everybody in line with that change of direction, that change of vision. So I just wanted to point out that you don't always go through a brand process to realize what was, but often, more often than not, it's to experience what is coming and, and where you are heading. Well, that's 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 so, that's so true in different scenarios with companies that have lost their way or often we're not laying breadcrumbs in our lives. We're just moving. And so I I would add to that, Dan, that I think it's our experience has been, it's been a, it's a healthy process. I would almost describe it as, as therapy a little bit. Or I think about the night and Jerry Maguire, when he sat up late and ate pizza and and couldn't sleep and finally had to go to, to write his dossier about how sports agents should treat their clients. And that was the beginning for him. And sometimes our clients we find have to go through a little bit of pain or discomfort getting to the process or sometimes even getting through the process to help them find that position that gives them the biggest opportunity to fulfill on on what we're going to talk about next, which is their brand promise, but to also find fulfillment in the work that they're doing. I love it. I hope we're not getting too deep for people, but brand 
It is a kind of a deep topic, isn't it, Rory? It's personal. Yeah. I think it's personal, but it, it, it also, it's the notion that it's, you want to be able to communicate feelings to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whether That's it's kind a, of a yeah, whether it's a personal brand or a business brand, financial financial brands and fintech brands can have so much life and appeal when designed properly with a good foundation. Without a foundation, they can go back to that one dimensional. It's just a logo. It's just a color palette. Mm-hmm. It's just words on a page. It's not. It's so much more than that. So the, the thoroughness that goes into a process, and I just want to let the audience know, this branding process that we're talking about, laying a foundation, might feel like it's going to take a long time. It doesn't. We can move through these often in 30 days, 45 days. And it, it, it's so critical to know your audience in the right way, how you're going to speak to them how you're positioning yourselves in the market among the competitive set. And then next, the question is how, what is the significance of a well-defined brand promise? So brand promise, let's frame it for the folk listening. So if you're listening and thinking, well, I've heard this term, this brand promise, I describe it and I've got my little prompt up here, but a brand promise is a compelling benefit that is authentic and credible. Most importantly, the brand promise must be kept every time. So that's the literal translation that I make of a brand promise. Think about it as a, as a written statement that you wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't put that on the front page of your website. This is an internal focused message but you would like everybody within the business to be able to sit behind, I guess, or when they're um, engaging with a client that you can, I guess, rest easy in the knowledge that that brand promise should be fulfilled by everybody at every touch point. Mm. Uh, it's, it's back to the personal, it's emotional. I think it's, it's, it's not a sterile brand promise those are empty back to the notion of one dimensional it's a it's a three-dimensional conversation that you're having with your internal team and something they can get behind and i'm going to use the word believe and think think about this recent months with the bank failures here in the states people quit believing in some pretty major brands (laughs) silicon valley bank losing Failing over what? Belief. Mm-hmm. That brand promise that stood behind Silicon Valley Bank meant something enough that people trusted it and the people in it to protect their money. As soon as that belief system started to come apart and it wasn't reinforced, look what happened. How quickly, periods of hours really, in a multi-decades-old business. Mm-hmm. So how important is a brand promise? And then the enforcement of that brand promise and then the reinforcement of that brand promise and that it's emotional and it connects with the audience? I would say it's critical to not only success, but to survival. 
I agree. I can't even add to that because I, I, you know how strong and passionate I am about brand. The only thing that, that sits on that similar level to a brand promise in terms of these foundations that we're talking about are brand values. Yeah. And I know we haven't got a note to kind of cover that, that, that part off, but you know, the, the values of your business and brand are, are critical as well, because again, they generally will put, will, will take out five and pull really strong values that, that not, you know, beyond that typical trust, um, mm-hmm. Well, if you if you're in business and you can't be trusted, you shouldn't be there. Full stop. Um, you know we need to understand the real values that make the brand tick. And again, like that brand promise, what can people um, feel as mm-hmm. a result of working with you, or you know? buying from you those values should kind of filter through in every everything that you do basically yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on the spot again thinking about patient financing (laughs) not not a term you might have expected me to say today Uh, there's there's a brand i'm gonna let dan share the name of it with you but before we do that the idea of a patient financing or fintech for, for for payments in the healthcare space, it's niche and we love it. And we have a client in that space that's that's doing very well and flourishing and helping millions of people. Mm-hmm. And we went through a brand process with them, as you know, Dan. And they've there was momentum behind their business. They've been around for a while. They also acquired another company in the payment space that was more of a fintech technology they were more of a payment servicer. So they wanted to pivot to become more of a payments fintech company. So as a result, we went through a process with them and I, I feel like they're a good example of a brand promise that is touching people in a meaningful way every day by helping them pay their medical bills. I do remember the brand I haven't got the brand promise in front of me, <laughs> so I can't well, quote you on it. Well, there's a word that, a couple of words that you used in there that I think they wouldn't have arrived at. And I'm not going to go through into the brand promise either today, but compassionate financing. And it's something that's important to us too, as a mission driven agency. And a lot of our clients are mission driven in helping the underserved get financing capital to either start or grow or expand their businesses. But as it comes to that, I think the term compassionate in finance are, are contrary in ways, depending on who you're talking to. And I think those, that was neat that, that you put that together for them. Well, I pre- I'll take that as, an, as a half compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. No, I think that it's an interesting point. And what I actually wanted to just build out from on that is that your background is finance. This more you've spent more time in finance than I have in brand, and I've been doing it for over 20 years. And when I for that particular project, I knew nothing about them. And so having that additional set of expert eyes from a completely neutral standpoint can result in some incredible 
um, outcomes that you didn't know were there, mm-hmm. you didn't know about. When I think that was an example of taking an executive team through a process, and indeed this was pretty committee driven, so it was an involved process to get to mm-hmm. to get to this brand, and we'll reveal it in the show notes. So you guys can look at it. Um, <clears throat> and if you'd like to see some more details into how we arrived at it, you can you can hit us up and we can share more details. But ultimately, that last piece, going back to the brand promise, helping them define their brand promise was a process to arrive at something that everyone could get behind. I call it like working shoulder to shoulder, right? Like we, we all need to be working shoulder to shoulder to moving to take that hill. And in this case, the hill we're trying to take is to serve healthcare systems and then their patients to be able to offer compassionate financing so that they can actually pay their bills. The hospital networks and hospitals can get, the doctor's office through the mobile pay can get payments so they can survive and stay alive while their patients can pay their bills and live and survive as well. And they're not being overwhelmed and overrun by medical bills, which can really kill people literally mm-hmm. and bankrupt yeah. them. So it's a, it's, it's something near and dear to my heart. That's why I mention it. And I'm, I'm very proud of the results as a financial marketer, the results that we're seeing being generated last fall is when we, when we revealed this brand at a major conference in the, in the healthcare space. And now today, months later, they're thriving. And I think it's all a result of the bedrock of success, laying the brand foundations and taking the time to do that in a meaningful way. I love it, Rory. And I'm actually pleased you, you actually brought that brand up as an example because now, and the brand's called Access One. We can say that, can't we? we you know, it's yeah. going to be in the show notes for people to go check out. But they are they were a really good example of a brand because of their um, their sustained growth and their they purchased another business, didn't they? Mm-hmm. That meant that they had to reevaluate what we're talking about here, which were those foundations. Mm-hmm. And when I just said a minute ago about it doesn't necessarily mean, mean that you want to look at your original mission or vision, but your your mission or vision has changed and mm-hmm. it had done. Mm-hmm. And so what we went through with them helped them to recalibrate. That's probably a good word. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to get to where they are now. So I'm really pleased you brought that one up. And please go check it out. It's a good example of, uh, yeah, that's, of the fine work we've done in foundation. <laughs> yeah, and there's there's many more. So again, happy to chat with you guys if you wanna wanna look us up. Absolutely. Now I'm looking at my time here, Rory. We we've talked. Yeah, we we've have racked up some minutes. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of fun. So quick reflection, the three key takeaways we talked about in your bedrock for success for laying the brand foundations of your business. Number one, importance of understanding your audience in financial marketing, in fintech marketing. Two, the power of differentiation and differentiating your business in the financial sector. And number three, the significance, and I would say incredible importance, foundationally speaking, of a well-defined and accepted brand promise. Absolutely. Huge stuff. 
Um, shall I give a little insight what's coming up in episode two for anyone who's stayed with us this long? Shall I tell shall I tell them what's coming up, what they got to look forward to? What's coming next, Dano? Yeah, we, we're looking and we're talking about guiding the growth. So when we explore these foundations, from that you need to have the right brand strategy, a solid brand strategy moving forward. And that's what we're going to cover off and talk about on the next episode. It's been a pleasure, Dano. Absolutely. As part of this mini series, we're offering you the opportunity to evaluate the performance of your financial brand across three core areas. We'll be talking about brand strategy, brand growth, and your brand differentiator. That's right. We've developed a scorecard and a scorecard that would give you a personalized report with insights into your brand's strengths and areas for improvement. And the report should help you better understand and optimize your brand strategy. It'll give you actionable insights that should propel your brand forward and ultimately drive the long-term growth and success that you seek. All you have to do is click the link in the show notes and get started. If you'd like to learn more about customer and the work we're doing in financial marketing, branding, and growth, you can visit our website at customer.com. That's C-S-T-M-R.com. There you'll find information and resources and all kinds of tips and tactics that you can use to optimize your brand strategy for long-term success. We appreciate you joining us today and we look forward to diving deeper into the world of financial and fintech branding on a future episode. Stay tuned.